The Space God Memoirs. Season 2, Episode 6. Once again, we zoomed through the darkness of space, a swarm of enemy craft pursuing. The cube ship was moving at insane speeds, though the only visual cue of that was the yellow orb in the distance, gradually getting larger as we approached. Zerathra sat stoic in the pilot's seat, her purple eyes fixated on the viewing window ahead, her thoughts focused on piloting the cube. She hadn't said a single word to me since we had jumped to high speed, and I guess I understood why. I kept a constant watch on the sensors. The Vair were never far behind, at least ten of them still in pursuit despite Demania's sacrifice and our rapid escape. I wondered if she was dead. Zerathra had not said a word concerning it. While I hadn't known the Nyre woman well, Demania had a certain pleasantness to her. She seemed like somebody I would have liked. And she even had a kind of bald-headed cuteness. And now I'd probably never see her again. Was self-sacrifice such a common thing among the Nyar? Or did she have another reason to give her life for us so eagerly? The Veyer had not caught up to us yet, but they were gaining. The cube wasn't the fastest ship, after all. And the system showed it was badly damaged, operating at about 55% efficiency. In less than 45 standard minutes, the first of those bastards would catch up to us. So I too was silent as we coasted through the inky skies, towards that yellow orb, my thoughts occupied with the sensors and ship systems. Thirty minutes passed, and the distant orb had grown larger, a bright and lustrous planet of the outer system, surrounded by six moons of varying sizes. Gaxanol was the name given to the planet by the ship's mind, I vaguely recognized it. Its yellowish light had long been a steady sight in the nighttime skies of Aruvis, though I had never imagined how it would look up close. As it loomed ever larger in my viewing window, I beheld a behemoth world of swirling gases, the sensors registering large quantities of sulfur, nitrogen, and helium. If I had thought Shivnar or Vuldria had been big, Gaxnall dwarfed them both. A hundred Aruvises could have fit inside of it. Scrag, two of its moons registered as larger than my home world. A quick look at the ship's sensors told me that the Vare were drawing awfully close. Two of their faster ships were already visible as faint specks of light behind us. I looked to Z, who had still not spoken to me. So, what's the plan here? I asked. I've calculated the odds. There is little chance that we would be able to make the journey to Ruse with the transport in this condition. As well, the Veyr will prevent us from simply returning to the Amethyrium. Our best chance of success involves hiding from them. You told me at the start of this journey that they probably wouldn't even show. But suddenly we've got an army of creepy crawlies trying to kill us. What gives? There was an edge to my voice. This whole journey was starting to annoy me. 
Zarathra grew silent, turning away from me and looking forward. Gaxanol was fast approaching, its yellow gases spinning in great storms that churned perpetually over an unseen surface. Being this close to it, I could feel the planet's immensity like a heavy pull, though I was certain the starship would nullify any outside gravity. I expected us to skirt around the planet, but within seconds we were descending straight downward into the caustic atmosphere. The Vare were not trying to kill us, said Zirathra as we were immersed in a sea of swirling gas. They wanted to capture you. What? Capture me? Who am I to those guys other than some newbie recruit? That I am uncertain of, but they seek you out. Their use of an electron net proved that to me. The presence of one of their elite seeker agents in this system only confirms it. Otherwise, there is no reason the Vare would send such a force after a mere recruit. My suspicion is that you have something that they want. Sadly, I never got a chance to loot any Vare artifacts, if that's what you're thinking. It is not. As I suspected earlier, it must lie in your past, buried deep inside of your soul. Most likely, in one of your past lives, you learned something vital to the Vare's mission on Aruvis. They seek to capture you, and extract it from you. And what would that include? Pain, mostly. At least until it drove you mad. What? They are a collective of brutes. So what do we plan on doing about that? We must learn it before they do. Awaken your lost memories. Yet to do that, we must first train you in the use of the Atra, and connect you to the Nyar consciousness. <sighs> Without the proper facilities, that would be quite the challenge. So I guess Demania sacrificed herself for nothing, then, I said, just so we could flounder out here until we ran out of juice. First of all, Demania did not sacrifice herself. When you next see her, she shall be alive and well. But I saw her ship explode. Secondly, I have a plan. We continued to drift through the storm of caustic gases, blue lightning crackles illuminating our journey. I noticed that the cube ship was not responding well to our gassy crews. The shields were at only 30%, the interior lights shifting to a murky orange. Clearly the transport wasn't outfitted for this kind of environment. So, I said, looks like you're trying to wreck this ship and blow us both up. Yes, and no, she stated, revealing her trademark half-smile. Come on, Z. This is no time for your standard vague crap. Plus, we haven't lost the Vare. Yep, the ship's sensors were showing two Kerblat and three Vigle, about 50 meters above us in the atmosphere. As I said, I have a plan. I could feel the cube continuing to drift forward, at the same time rising in altitude. Suicide plan looks like, I said. She did not reply. In seconds, I could see the enemy ships, the crab-like Vigle and the U-shaped Kerblat descending upon us. Z continued to pilot us upward until the cube ship was nearly at the edge of the atmosphere and space. A blast from one of the Vigle struck our hull, which shook with the force. The shields were nearly spent. I looked out to see the two Kerblat glowing with an electrical green energy, getting ready to form their net and catch us. I focused on the remaining systems ready to lock into the weapons and fire upon them. At that instant, Zerathra stood up from her pilot's seat. She let out a shallow breath, and the light inside the ship turned to a bloody red. She grabbed my hand roughly and began walking towards the back exit of the ship. 
We are getting inside my fighter craft, she commanded, dragging me along. This cube is finished. I could feel my connection to the vessel fading. Since it looked about to explode, I didn't argue with her. The door in the back wall opened up, revealing her eight-sided blue fighter. We both rushed inside of its open doorway. She immediately sat down in the single pilot's seat. I plopped down on the lone cot behind it. The door to the cramped chamber vanished behind us, and the airlock opened, revealing the gaseous storm outside. The octahedron powered on, and before I knew it, we were out, freely coasting through the yellow skies. An explosive crash behind us thrust the octa forward. When I looked back, all I could see was the remains of the cube and its pursuers. All ships shattered into uncounted pieces and drifting in Gaxanal's hectic winds. So, that was your plan, I asked, as the cramped starship popped up through the last of the thick cloudscape, the expansive stars appearing before us, along with three of Gaxanal's many moons. Part of it, that maneuver took care of our immediate pursuers. It may have bought us around twenty minutes. Twenty minutes to do what? I asked. On one of these moons, there is an ancient Nyar stronghold. It was abandoned millennia ago, though I'm certain the Veyr never discovered its existence. It will be the perfect place for us to hide, if we can get there undetected. Hold up. Can't we just turn on stealth mode and evade these Morga munchers? Z looked at me askance. I am sorry, Kef. Nyar craft generally do not come equipped with a stealth mode. Dug a crap. I activated it before. You know when I borrowed your ship a while back? I was definitely using some stealth functions to evade you and your crew when I thought you were the bad guys. Zerathra looked directly back at me, running her eyes around the edges of my form. Fascinating, she said. What do you mean? You contain all manner of mysteries. You see, Nyar craft are capable of a certain degree of stealth, though not on their own. It is a mental function which essentially causes others to ignore the pilot and their ship, making them invisible to mind-based sensors as well. Entering a stealth mind requires the pilot to have a very specific set of talents, and involves the use of Atra. Well, I guess I have those talents. Prove it, she said, as she stood up from the pilot's chair and motioned for me to sit down. I will. After a few moments of fumbling and jostling around one another, Z and I had switched positions. Letting my body settle into the pilot's seat, I took a breath and connected with its mind, a process that was starting to become habit for me. The familiar presence of a ship's mind computer linked with my own, I let myself get adjusted to the new sensations. The sense of expansion, the fighter ship's form becoming like a second body. My memories ran back to my first flight in this ship, back when I had found myself suddenly awake after a reality-shattering afterlife journey only to meet up with a Vare welcoming committee that wanted me dead. Back then, my mind was spinning with past life memories. My main goals, survival and escape. I had beaten up some elite soldiers, stolen a Nyar vessel, stealthed away, and had gotten quite far before I was caught. How had I done all those things? Maybe it was all just by instinct, or else there was some deep part of me who could hack the mental codes of starships and vanish from sight. Well, time to give this another try, I thought as I completed my connection to the Octa. 
First, I opened my eyes and scanned the surrounding area, using my vision in conjunction with the sensors. The remainder of the Veyer forces weren't far, appearing as blips on the far side of Gaxinal's curvature. In mere minutes, they would be close enough to sense our exact location. That is, unless I acted. Stealth. I distinctly recalled that it wouldn't activate with just a mental command. It was all about me. I had to feel small, tiny, insignificant, easily overlooked. I could see why most of the Nyar couldn't enter a stealth mind. They weren't small. They were big heroes, saving the universe in their magical starships, fighting grandiose battles, ruling as gods. Even I was starting to get caught up in all of that. But I still remembered what it was like to not matter. To be just another face in a crowd. Unimportant. Normal. Back in the wastes of Aruvis, it was a useful skill. The skill of vanishing. You could get away with just about anything when people didn't even notice you. And you tended to live longer, too. Yeah, I knew what that was all about. And I sent that to the ship inundating it with my feelings of insignificance. I let out a deep groan, pouring my atra into the vessel. The light within grew faint. An air of clearness and emptiness filled the chamber. It was working. Impressive, said Z, patting me from behind. It actually worked. I tried holding back my pride, not knowing if it would interfere with the whole stealth thing. Where to? I asked. The middle moon, there, she said, directing my attention to the smallest of the three moons in view, a withered, gray-looking thing that reminded me of an old nutshell. I flew us towards it at medium speed, careful to keep my thoughts neutral, my focus on the piloting and connection. As the moon the ship identified as Gaxinal 4 drew ever closer, the Veyer were directly behind us, the sensors detecting several of their craft right where we had exploded the cube. As well, a cluster of six V-Glay were approaching from the right, having apparently gone around the planet. They were awfully close. Our path to the moon would take us right past them. My heart began to beat faster, but I forced myself to calm down. I was stealthed. I had to keep stealthed. Up ahead, the V-Glay formation was within 30 meters of us. They were coming from our right and heading in the opposite direction. No sign of their weapons activating, at least. I steeled myself, positioning the ship to fly just under their path. My breathing started to grow heavier as we passed beneath the formation. The twitching feelers on the V-Glay's undersides were clearly visible, along with their claw-like arms. Two of them drifted, began to veer towards us. Could they see us? How exactly did this stealth work? Before I could totally freak out, I felt Zerathra's hand upon my right wrist. It was soft and warm. A wave of calm washed over me. My muscles untensed. I let out the breath I had been holding in. The two V-Glay who had been drifting towards the Octa changed course, rejoining their formation. Mere seconds passed and they were behind us, not alerted in the least. The pursuing Veyr were out of sight as I guided the ship towards the shriveled little moon. From above, the moon was a wrinkly-looking thing covered in lines and hatch marks, bereft of colors save for a dull brown that bordered on gray. There were no oceans visible from the sky, no contours of mountains or canyons, 
Very little variation save for that hatch-marked landscape. The fighter ship's sensors gave no hint of life forms, plant or animal. The surface seemed nearly devoid of Atra as well. Fly us downward, but don't land, said Zirathra. There is a specific spot I'm looking for, but I'm not certain of its coordinates. Fine enough, I said, and directed the Octa towards the moon's surface, keeping it about a thousand feet above ground. From there, the details of the land became clear. Most every inch was covered in a mass of vines, layered atop one another, twisted and intertwined, thorny but not a leaf in sight. The viney carpet was utterly dead, desiccated and sucked of all life, yet it seemed to blanket the entire world, as if suffocating the moon. There was an old battle waged here, said Zarathra, her voice soft. One of the many our two factions fought over this system. Seeking to eradicate a Nyar stronghold, the Vair dropped a living weapon from orbit, a weapon intended to cover the entire world and choke the very life from it. In this they succeeded. Yet in the process they triggered the Nyar defense system, which cut off the life force of the vines themselves. This left us with a useless and dead moon, of little interest to either faction. As we coasted over a vast wasteland of dead plant matter, brittle and dry, I marveled at how the vines had covered everything, from settlements to geography, leaving only this empty husk of nothing, lit by the eerie yellow light reflected from the nearby planet. The Vare figured the world to be dead, and never did they search it thoroughly. Yet there was one thing they missed. Zerathra pointed to a circular patch of black amid the brown-gray masses. It was a hole. The black was shadow. I flew closer. It was a very big hole, yes. Wide enough for four ships like the Octa to fit through. The vines appeared to reach deep into the hole, but did not block its entryway. That is our destination. The old Nair Temple, lost for millennia. You were here before? I asked. Back when it was in use? She shook her head. Not I. An old friend knew of it, one who had spent uncounted eons in this universe. I have not seen it in person, and know not what repair it may be in. Yet, it is our best chance at refuge. Likely, she was right. I couldn't keep us in stealth mode forever, and I wasn't too eager to fight my way past a horde of enemy starships. So I guided the Octa towards the creepy pit a tingle running down the back of my neck as we began our descent into darkness. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Space God Memoirs. Space God is written, performed, and produced by A.M. Arctos. Original musical score by Alpha Colors. Various sound effects created by Industrial Strength Records Incorporated. Please support this podcast by following, rating, and sharing on your favorite social media site. For further info on Space God, its creator, and various other opinions, musings, and thoughts, go to www.spacegodmemoirs.com or follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. If you enjoyed the Space God Memoirs, please consider supporting us by becoming a patron. Check out the Patreon link in our description to learn more.